Good morning. morning. Happy Mother's Day. Surprise, it's me. (laughs) Uh, I told the first service, this is what you get when you try to help your husband with his sermon. When uh, he mentioned a few weeks ago about Mother's Day, and I said, well, I got an idea for you, let me tell you. And and then it was like, no, you just just speak this this morning. So um, I'm going (laughs) to... Uh, talk to you this morning for a few minutes. Now, I told a lie this morning in the first service. I told him I was going to let him go early, and I didn't. But I'm really, really going to try to get you out of here because I know you got things to do today. you got to celebrate with your mom. And uh, moms are so special. And I want you to do everything you can today to let your mom know how much you love her. But um, the reason I didn't want to really do this is because everybody that knows us knows that Rick is the positive person in our family. He's the one that says, yes, yes, we can do it. We can handle it. Everything's great. Everything's groovy. And I'm like, you know, maybe, wait a minute. He says the glass is half full. And I'm like, wait a minute. It could be, you know, half empty here. So I'm the guy that, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, a lot of times I focus on the negative and I shouldn't, I worry about things. And, you know, when all these um, polls and percentages were flashing up here and you were reading them, I didn't want to get up here and highlight the devil's progress. I didn't want to say, yes, yes, the devil is winning. And, you know, we're in the minority now and, and we're being consumed by sin and we, we're running at, at, toward hell. You know, we're racing toward hell. Our nation and our, our children are being, you know, um, uh, taught things and, be, and they've come to believe things that this word says are, is wrong. And I didn't, I didn't want to get up here and focus on that. A couple of weeks ago in our small group, we watched a video, and and most of you know that we're doing Home on the Rock, and we uh, used Jimmy Evans' material, and he was preaching a sermon to his church in this video, and he was preaching Jeremiah 29.11. You know, we use that a lot around here, and it says that I know the thoughts. This is God speaking. He says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking about you, and they're thoughts of good, and they're not evil, and they're to give you hope and a future. And he explained it like this, and it's, it just blessed me. It's, he said that even when you were in your mother's womb, he planned out all the days of your life. There was nine months there that he not only formed you, but he created your life. And he saw the good days and the bad days, and he saw the times you were going to mess up. And he's going to see the times that you get yourself in situations, and you go down the wrong path, and you make the wrong choice. He said, but God's already planned your comeback. And this morning, I want to talk about the comeback. I don't want to talk about all those percentages that were up here, because if you turn on the news and you watch the news, they tell you things that are happening in this world. This, Especially this week, if you've watched the news, it's been almost disgusting, some things. And you look at it and you think, this is a perverse world. And, you know, as moms, we just want to know that our children are safe and happy and that they have a great future. And I used to tell my kids this, that, um, you know, in eternity, when we all stand around the throne and worship, I better see your face there. And that's important to moms to know, to Christian moms anyway, to know that in eternity, your kids make it to heaven. They spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. And, you know, it looks like the odds are against that. It looks like we're fighting a losing battle. It looks like sin is overwhelming us today, but I got news for you. I'm ready for a comeback, and this morning I want to talk about a comeback. Um, you know, I, like I said, I didn't want to, to be negative, but we have to be 
you know, First Peter says to be vigilant, be sober, be alert about it. Don't cover your eyes and walk away from the things that are going on. Let's do something about it. And so this morning, I want to talk about that this morning. Um, this is not the first time in history that Christians have gotten themselves in a mess, or they've been with their back against the wall, and every time, God has delivered them. And I believe in that for our nation, for our society, for our world, for our children, for their future. I'm praying that Jesus comes back soon. But if he don't, I want my grandchildren to grow up in a world that um, where, where Jesus is Lord, where they can know that and be taught that. I, I, I don't like the way. And, and values and traditions and the things that this word says are truth. I want them to know those things and to live those things. And so this morning, we're going to talk about having a comeback. And we're not going to focus on the, the other things that we that were showing up here. But uh, I have to use notes. I'm not like Rick. So I have to use notes. But I'm going to talk about it in starts in Daniel chapter 3. And I'm going to tell you about three mothers. And I don't know their name. I know very little about them. The only way I know anything about them is because of the their children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you all know that story. And I'm going to try to go through it really quick this morning. But you, you've heard that story from the time you were little. But I want to talk to you this morning about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's moms. They had to be extraordinary moms. They had to be moms that loved the Lord and taught their kids to love the Lord. Otherwise, they would have not had a comeback. They would have not had um, a turnaround. And so I want to talk to you this morning about it. And we, you all know the story. And I'm going to read. And I, I know I'm a terrible person for you to try to have to keep up with back there in the booth, guys. I'm sorry. But um, in Daniel chapter 3, it says that King Nebuchadnezzar, he made an image of gold. And um, he, and it was... It was 60 cubits high and six cubits wide, and it set up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And so you all know the story. He made this huge image of gold, and then he called in all the musicians from uh, around and all the important people around, and, and he said um, that this, gold, this golden image, we're going to bow down to it and worship it when the music plays. Now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were... Um, they had been taken from their home. God's people had been disobedient, and God had allowed them to be taken captive by the Babylonians, and they had come into Babylon, and now they were in the king's court, I guess you would say, and they were serving him. And this king decided that he would build this image, this golden image, and he was commanding, he was making a law, a decree, that everybody would worship this golden image. And if they didn't, if they didn't fall down and worship when the image, when the music was played, they would be thrown in to the blazing, flaming fire. And um, we all know the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't worship. They decided that they weren't going to worship. Um, they were not. And I thought, man, I wonder what caused them to do that because, you know, that was a pretty stiff penalty being thrown into the fire. And I got to thinking, you know, maybe they thought they weren't as afraid of the king as they were of their mama. You know how it is. 
kids. I used to worry about that when I was a kid, when I would do things, especially when I was a teenager. It wouldn't really be so much what the Word of God said. It would be if my mom was going to find out, because if she found out, I knew there was going to be a price to pay. And I got to thinking about this as I was studying this. What if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, <laughs> said you know what, King, we're, we're not really worried about you. We've got a mom, and if she finds out that I bowed down when this Word says, don't bow down, she, I, she'll come over here and she'll hunt me down. She'll bring that wooden spoon with her, and she comes over here and she'll find me, and there'll be a, a huge price. It'll be painful. You know, I, one of the things that really upset me on the news a few weeks ago or just a short while ago, I was watching about... Um, uh, college students were protesting, and then it turned into a riot. And, and and then at one point, it showed where this this one guy, he had the policeman. The policemen were trying to get a handle on it and trying to get them calmed down. They were just acting awful. And and one guy had the policeman like in a, a neck hold and was holding him, and another student had a can of silly spray, silly string, whatever you call it, and he sprayed them was spraying the policeman with it, just coating him in it. And that just, that made me angry. I thought, how disrespectful. Where is that guy's mother at? He needs to come. She needs to get her wooden spoon and get down there really quick. I don't care if he is 25 years old. Do something with him. And I thought maybe that's the way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. They had a mom that knew the Word, and she taught them the Word, and she taught them to love the Word, and she taught them that this Word is truth, and this is what you live by, and this is right and wrong, and it's good, and it'll take you to heaven. And she taught them that, and they knew that they had to obey what that Word said. And uh, maybe she used, their mother remembered this, Deuteronomy 6 says this, these are the commands, the decrees, and the laws of the Lord your God. He directed me to teach you to observe them in the land that you're crossing into Jordan. Now, this is Moses, and he's telling the Israelites that the Lord has told him about these laws. And he's told me to tell you to observe them. And that's the first thing I want to talk to you about, moms, is you can tell your kids all you want to tell them, and you can teach them all you want to teach them, but they're looking to see what you do. They're looking to see if you observe those laws. They're looking to see uh, if this word's important to you. They're looking to see how you feel about things and, and how you handle life. And they're looking at you every day. You're the example. That's a, you might say, well, don't put that on me. Yeah, when you made the choice to hold that child in your arms, to have that baby, you made the choice. I'm going to be the example. I'm going to be I'm not only going to just know this word, I'm going to let it be impressed on me, and I'm going to live it out before them. Um, And it goes on to say, um, so that your children and their children will fear the Lord your God as long as they live by keeping these decrees. And then he says, be careful to obey so that it will go well with you. And then he goes on down in verse 4, and he says, Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead and write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. In other words, don't be passive. Don't be lax. Don't be apathetic about what this word says. Be passionate about it. You see, 
I think these mothers, they didn't buy in to the lie of the enemy. Somewhere along the line, I think we might have lost a little bit of, of, of something when, when we, people started saying, well, you know, if, I, if, I'm too, if I'm too spiritual, if I'm too religious, it'll just, it'll just be a turnoff to my kids. It'll just, they'll, they'll just run from it. If, if, let me tell you something. That's a lie. That is, don't buy into that lie. And not only when it comes to the Word and teaching them the Word, but in everything that you do. Look what it says. It says that when you sit down, talk to them about it. When you walk along the road, talk to them about it. They need to be taught the Word of God all day long. And it needs to be the center of your home and your family. Um, You know, they not only see what you do and know what you teach them is important, but the Word of God is to be impressed on them. And the way that they that can be is by watching you. You know, they need to hear about the miracles that happened in your life. When was the last time you told, you shared with your family or your children something God's done for you? Has He done something for you? Has Has He worked a miracle in your life? You see, these you can tell them the Word of God and the Bible stories and all that, and that's awesome. That's that's what we're supposed to be teaching them. But we need to share with them. We need to impress on them and let them hear. What God's done for me, what He's done in our family, the the times when you were sick, when they were sick, and they need to hear you pray and pray for them. Those things are so important, and I believe that's the kind of mom that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. They didn't have a mom that just bought in to the lies that this world is telling now that you can't be too spiritual, you can't you can't be too you know righteous. I don't even know if that's that's you know possible to be too righteous, but you can't do that because your children they'll just be turned off and they'll let me tell you something, every opportunity you get to bring them to church, you need to do that. Somewhere along the line we've heard people say, Well, you can't make your kids come to church. You can't force them to come to church. Why would you not want to bring your kids to church? You make them do a lot of things. You make them go to school, you take them to the doctor when they're sick, kicking and screaming. They're afraid they're gonna get a shot or something. And you, but you take them because that's the best thing for them. Why wouldn't you bring them to church? We just sang about it a while ago. Freedom reigns in this place. All week long, they live in this dirty old sinful world. Why would you not bring them in the, through those doors there where freedom reigns in this place? And, and, the, and the power of the Holy Spirit is here to, to wash them and cleanse them and, and take all those. When was bringing your children into the presence of God a bad thing? You know, even when they're small, they need to be in church. Go downstairs, watch them worship. Go, go to the nursery. They have, they sing and dance. And there's never a time where bringing your children into the presence of God is a bad thing. It's an awesome thing. It's life changing for them. They'll never ever forget it. I remember when I was a kid going to to church and standing up on the pew when I was just a little girl watching the preacher preach. And those things are life-changing. Those things are in, in your mind. You never, ever get those things out of your mind. And that's why the Bible says that when they're young, train them up in the way they'll go. They should go. When they're old, they can't walk away from it. They, it might look like they've walked away from it, but let me tell you, it's impressed on them. It's in their mind. Don't buy into that. I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a mom. They, they, they had, there was three mothers that didn't buy into those lies. They bought into this. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to teach our children that there is one God. 
and we're going to teach them to love him with all their heart, with all their soul, with everything that's in them to love the Lord. Um, And if we're looking for a turnaround, if we're looking for a comeback, if we're looking for this world to change, then we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to start over. I know that you may think, well, my kids don't even live in my house anymore. How can I be an influence? Moms are influences. My mom is 90, will be 90 this year. She's a huge influence on me. I haven't lived in her house in 33 years, but she's a huge influence on me. Don't ever underestimate the power of, um, of your influence on your child. And so um, <clears throat> the story goes on, and you know that story. Somebody goes and tells the king, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow down. And so the king is enraged by it. And um, it says that he was furious about it. And so he called them uh, up before him and he said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you did not serve my God? You didn't worship the image of gold that I set up? And so he's going to give them another chance, you see. He tells them he's going to do it all over again. And he said, Then you can fall down and worship. He said, But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown into the fire, into a blazing furnace. And then, what God will be able to deliver you from my hand? They had been taught what God would deliver them from the, His hand. See, a long time ago, they learned that, and they were, they was, they were not, um, they were not, it sounds to me like they were not even thinking about it. Because, um, you know, this sounds just like the way it is today in our world. He said, what God? What God can deliver you? Don't you just hate it the way people talk about our God? They just poke fun at Him like He's not really real. And that, you know, Christians are just crazy for thinking all these things that that God is really real. And they poke fun at Him and they make fun and they make you feel like you should be ashamed to even be a Christian. And, you know, I'm ready for a turnaround in that. I'm tired of that. I'm ready for a turnaround. And, you know, but these guys... They wasn't worried about what the king said about it. They said it didn't matter what the king said about their God. They knew their God. You see, they had been taught not only what this word says, but they had been taught to love the Lord their God with all their heart. Um, There's a difference in just knowing something and having a relationship with someone. I know a lot of people, but I have a, a relationship with Rick. I have a relationship with Jamie. I've known her since she was a kid. It's something about a relationship, and I believe their mother taught them not only this word and right and wrong and the, lo- and the laws and the, and the decrees, but she taught them to love the Lord with all their heart, with everything that's in them to love Him. And there was, they were not going to disappoint their God. They were not going to do anything that would disappoint him. And then it goes on to say that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied this to him. They said, King, we do not need to defend ourselves. If we're thrown into the fire, the God we serve, he's able to deliver us. And he will deliver us from your, your hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you have set up. They knew that there was only one God, and they looked at that, that idol and they said, that ain't him. They knew there was only one God. Let me tell you something. Um, kids, not only do they need to be taught the Word and to have a relationship with Him, they need to see you doing that more than anything. We've already, I've already said that about how they what an impression you are and how they see you, but they need to see that you have a relationship with him 
and that you love him with all your heart and that you worship him. That's so important, mom. You can't just tell your kids something. I heard on the news the other day a guy they were interviewing and he said, you know, relation he said rules without relationship always end up in rebellion. And I thought that's pretty good because uh you can make a rule that they have to do something, but they need to see you do it. I was thinking about um, uh, the other week I was in the nursery, and uh, was Noah. Noah's like 15 months old. Everybody knows Noah. He's John and April's little boy. And you couldn't, uh, you could barely hear the music going on in here. It was kind of muffled in the nursery. But then somebody came in late, and they opened the door, and when they did, the music got really loud, and Noah was sitting down, and all of a sudden, when he heard the music, he stood up, and both of his hands went up, and he started walking around. You know why? Because he's, he's seen worship. He's seen his parents worship, and from just a small age. Let me tell you how important that is, and so Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, I believe, somewhere along the line, they were not afraid to defy the king and not afraid to not bow down because bowing down was a big thing. I mean, it wasn't a big thing, I don't think, because think about it. All these people were bowing down, and, you know, sometimes sin comes with consequences. Sometimes sin, you pay for it for a long time when you sin. You know, if you kill somebody, you have to go to prison. If you rob, you have to go to prison. You have to pay for some things. But this sin... All, you, all they had to do is they just had to get down and jump right back up. And it had been, been okay. And guess what? Nobody would have probably, their mom would probably never even really found out, you know. She'd probably never known about it because they had been taken away. It was just such an easy thing to do. But because they had that relationship, they had that love for the Lord in their heart, they said, we're not going to disappoint him. We're not, we've fallen in love with him. We're, we're going to do the right thing because we, love, we have fallen in love with him. And they need to see you do that. They need to see your love for the Lord and how important it is. And I believe that's the kind of mom they had. I believe they had a mom that not only did she teach them the Word and she taught them to have relationship, but she lived it out in front of them. And like I said a while ago, you know, there may be some of you sitting here and you may say, well, you know what, my kids, they don't even live in my house anymore. How could, let me tell you, you may say I've messed up along the way. I wasn't a Christian, maybe. I didn't know Jesus then. And maybe you didn't have a mom that, that taught you the right way. And you may be sitting there thinking, I've, I've messed up so much. But let me tell you, that scripture's the same for you. He, God saw that, and he's already planned your comeback. And you need to take hold of that. And you just need to maybe tell that to the devil the next time he says, it's too late. It's too late for your family. It's too late for your kids. It's, you just might as well give up. You just look at him and say, he's already planned my comeback. He's already planned my turn around. Um, and so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, uh, we're not going to bow. We don't even have to think about it. We don't even have to, to give it a second thought. And that made Nebuchadnezzar very angry. And it says that uh, his attitude toward them changed, that he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the furnace. You know, I thought about this, and I thought, 
that would have, like I said, that would have been such an easy thing to do, just fall down and get back up. And then I thought, I got to thinking about, you know, me and how, as a mom, do we want to teach our kids to really, to really be the one that is the comeback kid, the one who turns everything around? Because that was a big price to pay, guys. Let's just think about it. You know, I told the first service that I've got a list of ways that I don't want to die. I, I don't want to die in a plane crash. That's why I hate flying. I do fly. I don't like it, but um, I don't want to die in a plane crash. I don't want to fall off a bridge. I, I'm terrified. Of, I don't like to go across a bridge. You can ask Rick, and especially, a, you know, I, we all hold hands and pray as we go across. I hate to go across a bridge, and I don't want to die in a fire. I just think that would be awful. I, I want to just close my eyes one night and then wake up with the Lord. That's the way I want to go, okay? But I don't, and I got some other ways, too, that I don't want to die. And I'll t- tell you if you want to know about them. I got a lot of them. I just want to go be with the Lord. I don't want to suffer, okay? And I just think, and then I thought about these mothers that had trained their kids and prepared them and instilled that word in them and impressed it on them, and I thought, you know, having a mother's heart, that would be horrible to see them have to be the ones. I would have probably, if that mom was there, she would have probably went screaming and said, no, 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 don't, don't put them in the fire. But wow, sometimes we ask, we don't know what we're asking our kids to do, but I believe that she had a faith so strong that when she instilled it in, it was that God is able to deliver. You believe he's able to deliver your children? I don't know what some of you are going through this morning. I don't know where your kids are. I don't know. They may not be here with you. They may not be living for the Lord. But I can tell you this, that God's able to deliver them today. You stand on that word, and you don't ever, ever give up. And I thought about this. I thought, how that would be so so hard on a mother. But she taught them. They, they, they had been taught to even stand firm in their faith and believe in the miracle that God was going to do. And they didn't have any, nobody had spoken anything to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, hey, go in the fire, God's going to bring you out of it. Because you heard what they said, hey, we're not going to bow. And and if he delivers us, that's great. But if he don't, that'll be okay too. We are not bowing. When everybody else is doing the wrong thing, you know, we flash these um, percentages up on the screen, and I... And they're discouraging, but I believe that there's some moms here. And I believe we have some young people in our, in our church that are going to be part of the turnaround. I believe they are. And thank you so much for, for uh, sponsoring Heirs of Hope. Was that not just awesome? Not only did our girls get to hear the word, they were made to feel so special. Thank you for doing that. But I believe we have kids that are, that are going to be part of the turnaround. And I believe that's where our hope is in this nation. And when I look at our nation, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I, I worry about it. But I am believing God to raise up some people, some young people, that'll start turning this thing around. I want to encourage you guys to do it. Our hope lies. We've messed up, I guess you would say. But our hope lies in you that, that you would do the right thing. When everybody else is doing the wrong thing, that you would speak the Word of God. Um, and it would have been easy for them to back down, but they didn't. They said, we don't even have to think about it. And so they put him in the fire, and then it said that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he leaped to his feet in amazement, and he asked his students, uh, were there three men tied in the, 
he asked his advisors, were there three men tied up? And we threw them in the fire. And they said, well, certainly. And he said, well, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth one, he looks like the Son of God. And I thought about, how, how does he know that? How does he know what the Son of God looks like? And I was reminded one time, I heard a preacher say, the devil knows what the what Jesus looks like. He's seen him before. Nebuchadnezzar then came to the opening of the furnace, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Did you hear what he called him? A while ago, he was saying, what God can deliver you out of my hand? Listen now what he's saying. He called him Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Sounds like there was starting to be a turnaround, don't it? Sounds like there was starting to be a comeback here. The one who had poked fun at him, the one who had um, said, who could deliver you from my hand? Now he's saying, servants of the Most High God. Um, he said, come out here. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and, he, and all the people there crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. There was not a hair or of, there was not a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was not even a smell of fire on them. And all the people crowded around and looked at them and said, ooh, they look good, don't they? They don't look like they've been in a fire, and they're amazed by it. And then, listen to what Nebuchadnezzar said. He said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just a few minutes ago, he was cursing. Our God, he was poking fun at him and, and making fun of him. And because three guys who had been taught the word, three guys who, who had fell in love with Jesus, uh, fell in love with the Lord a long time ago, three guys that their mom had prayed for them and fasted for them and taught them the way, they, they stood firm. And now he was saying that praise be to the God of Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego, because he sent his angel and he rescued his servants and they trusted in him and they defied the king's commandment and they were willing to give up their own lives rather than to serve or worship any God except their own God. He changed his tune, didn't he? It didn't take him long to realize that God, there was only one God. And, uh, you know, if we're ever going to change the world, we're ever going to make a difference. We're going to have to be steadfast. We're going to have to quit this up and down stuff. You know what? We're going to have to quit being lax. Moms, you're going to have to quit being lax about, you know, church attendance. I, I hate to keep harping on that, but I know you get up on Sunday morning. I've been there before. I know how hard it is. You can't find shoes or hair bows and, you know, here, here's your Pop-Tart eating in the car. You know, I've been there before and I've done those things, but it's so important to bring your kids to church so that they'll know this word, so that they'll see, they see your attitude about church. They see when you say, oh, well, I'm tired, I'm laying, I'm going to sleep in this morning. They see those things. Let me tell you, it's important to bring your kids to the house of God. It's important to, to I think it's important to put worship music on and teach them songs and, and worship in your home, pray at night, teach them, you know, the Word of God before they go to bed. Read them stories, impress it on them. That's what the Word, that's what Deuteronomy was saying, impress it on and talk to them about it because there may come a day when they have to stand and they, their faith is put to the test. There will be a day. There will be a day. Everybody here, there will be a day when your faith is put to the test. There's been a lot of times you had to stand up and do the right thing when everybody else was doing the wrong thing. And if you don't teach them, and if you don't encourage them and let them see that it works for you, 
then it, I don't know if they'll, they'll choose the right thing. But he changed his tune when he saw what had happened. And we're not ever going to change this world if, we don't, if we're not steadfast. And then here's the comeback. In verse 29, he says, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or any language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and listen to their punishment, they'll be cut into pieces and their house will be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save this way. And then he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Wow. He had a, that was, to me, that was a comeback. That was, that was a turnaround because three people, three guys did the right thing. And I believe, I, I know, I know that that didn't just happen. I know that for a fact. I know that they just didn't decide, you know, and there at the last minute, hey, I don't think we'll bow down. I don't believe that at all. I believe it was a long time coming, and that's how important it is. You never know if your kid's part of the turnaround. I believe we got some kids here that are part of the turnaround. And let me tell you this. Acts chapter 2 says it like this. It says that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. I believe we're living in the last days. I'm looking for Jesus to come back. He says, and I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then he said this, and I've held on to this for my family, and I want you to hold on to it for yours. It says, your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. You know what that means? It means that they're just going to speak the word of God. That means instead of seeing these statistics, we'll see godly things. We'll see where, because our children are beginning to speak the word of God. When the world says, do this, they'll say, no, let me tell you a better way. You see, we need to teach our children to tell the Word of God. Don't be ashamed of it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. <laughs> it's power for salvation. Why would, I be a, why would I be ashamed of that? And we need to teach our children not to be ashamed of the Word, to share it. And I thought of the story, and I know it, it's when our, when our son was very young, he was in kindergarten, and he had this little guy that kept kicking him under the table at school. He kept kicking him and he'd come home and tell us about it and we had been talking about Jesus coming back and that you had to live and you had to be saved and and you had to live good every day because when Jesus came back we all wanted to go to heaven and live with Jesus and so one day he came home and he told me about Cornelius still kicking him under the table and I said well you know me being negative I said would you kick him back <laughs> and, um he said, no, I told him that my daddy told me that Jesus was coming back soon, and if he didn't quit kicking me, he was staying here. And so, <laughs> you know what? They need to start telling the Word of God. I don't care how old they are. I'm tired of hearing the lies of the devil. I'm ready for a turnaround. Stand up with me this morning. Are you ready for, to empower your children? Moms, let me just stir you up and tell you how important your job is. Let me just stir you up and tell you how awesome you are and what, what, a, what God has put into your hands. That, that child that you hold, not just to teach them the ABCs and to, to teach them to be good athletes or, or you know, encourage them to go to college. All those things are great, but your main job is this word right here. Because it's power. It, it, it will change their life. And I ask all the mothers this morning to come up to the front. And I, I think there's room still that if you're a mother, I just want to pray over you this morning. I just want you to come up to the front. And I want to pray for you. And I, I'm letting you out earlier than normal. I'll say that. And I just feel like saying this. You know, you may not 
there may be some people here and you may be a mother and you may be a, a mother in another way. Not just by giving birth to children, but I believe that God puts other children in our life that we didn't maybe give birth to, but he puts them in your in your path to minister to those kids too. Would you be open to that and let your eyes see those things? Don't just say the children, and I know our children are so important, but I saw Sister, Sister Baker here. How many people are your children? How many women? A whole lot of women you consider your children, and you minister to them every week. And you know what? God's expect, he's, he's entrusted these people to us. They don't just walk in our lives, just happenstance. That's important. And I want to pray over you this morning. I want to encourage you. This is so important. I worry about our nation. I turn the TV on and I, I get mad and then I get sad because it's, it's scary out there. And it does look like the devil's winning. And it does like, look like he's making rampant progress. But I'm, I'm serious when I say I am ready for a turnaround. And it lies with us. And we need to be praying for our kids. We need to be in, not teaching them and impressing on them and teaching them to have a relationship with the Lord more than anything so that when they leave your house, and they go to places like those colleges, the campuses. When everybody else is doing wrong, they'll say, I know the right way. And they'll be part of that turnaround. That's, I'm, I'm praying that this morning. Let's bow. Let's pray together. Father.